Welcome to Flourish with Trish, a podcast dedicated to the curious and creative. Working with like-minded women chasing their dreams is something I have always been passionate about. Being a freelance photographer who specializes in creating content for women-run businesses means that no two days are the same. Every day I'm learning, every day I'm inspired, and every day is exciting. It's a real privilege being able to spend my days with passionate women in their respective fields. The knowledge each of these women share with me in the short time that we have together is incredibly inspiring and deserves to be shared with a wider audience. So here we are. From thought-provoking conversations to personal life stories and everything in between, I can't wait to introduce you to some of the beautiful women who have inspired me. My hope is that this podcast ignites a fire within and inspires you to live a life full of passion and purpose. Let's flourish together. Hello and welcome to Flourish with Trish. Okay guys, this month we're doing things a little bit differently. There is no interview because... (laughs) I finally mustered up the courage and uh, I have decided that I'm going to answer a few of your questions. Since embarking on my solopreneurial career as a photographer and sharing my journey, albeit a highlight reel on social media, I have received a lot of questions pertaining to my career path and personal journey. When I launched Flourish, the most frequently asked question I received was when was I going to share my story? Admittedly, dedicating an entire episode to me never really dawned on me. Flourish with Trish was created so that I could shine a light on the women who inspire me. And quite honestly, I didn't think that I really had anything interesting to share or say. But I guess that's probably imposter syndrome. If you follow me on social media, you may may remember a while back I took to my Instagram account asking my followers to submit questions that they'd like me to answer. Should I ever muster up the courage? And here I am. I figured it's only fair that I follow suit and let my guard down and be vulnerable because I'm asking women to do exactly that when we sit down each month and candidly talk. There were quite a lot of submissions. Thank you for that. But I've compiled a few of my favorites, which I hope you may find useful or at least take a little something away with you. So let's dive right in. Okay, the first question is rather fitting because I kind of touched on this in my in my intro. And the question is, do you suffer from imposter syndrome? And if so, how do you overcome it? Uh, yes, absolutely I do. And I think we all do to a certain extent. Why? Because if we didn't, we'd be a narcissist, I think. But also, we're we're going to be an imposter because it's new. We've never been there before. And we're going to doubt our own abilities. We're going to be scared. There's going to be fear. And I think that's absolutely normal. I also think that imposter syndrome for me is I care so much about my clients, the end product, what I'm delivering, what I'm doing, Um, and I don't want to let people down, which is why I give my all all into everything that I do. I pour my heart and soul into everything that I do and fear is real and it's, um, imposter syndrome can really block a lot of people from ever pursuing what they're destined to do 
right? Because it's so much easier to walk away. It's so much easier to never try because it's be, you have to be very vulnerable in order to pursue what you really, really love. At least that's what I found. That's my own personal experience. And let me give you an example of something that happened to me a couple months ago when I was uh, on a client shoot. So I had said yes to a client that was that I genuinely had looked at from afar on Instagram for years who I had put on a pedestal, rightfully so. Um, and I um, so when they when they contacted me and that you know the email hit my inbox, it was like, holy shit. <laughs> wow, I manifested this. Um, but also, you know, I said yes to an opportunity that scared the shit out of me because that is how you grow, right? Fear is your invite to growth. But when it came down to it and the weeks were approaching as the shoot was coming up, I won't lie, I was shitting myself. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to live up to the expectations that I thought that, you know, that they, that they expected of me. And it would have been so easy for me to just make up an excuse, walk away, not do it, but I did it. And, you know, to be honest, looking back now and I see my work, it is the best work I've ever created. It was, and I'm so proud of it. It honestly brings tears to my eyes because I, I really didn't think that I was going to be able to deliver it. And this is why, because when I arrived at this location, um, I knew that I was going to be shooting in direct sunlight on a beach. I never shot in direct sunlight and any photographer out there who's listening knows that direct sunlight is a bit of a nightmare because there's no hiding in shade and you don't have those, um, it's, it's just difficult. It's just difficult. I won't go into the, the, the reasons why. So I had looked at my forecast before I went to bed thinking I'm going to get a good night's sleep because I've got a full-on day tomorrow. We had models arriving, hair and makeup arriving. We had videographers arriving and the whole crew. And um, I thought, I need, a, I need a good sleep because I need to perform tomorrow. But before I went to bed, I looked at my phone and I saw the forecast for the following day with not a cloud in the, in the sky. And I'll be honest, I... I, I had a bit of a panic attack sitting in a hotel room by myself thinking, I'm not going to be able to deliver this. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. So what did I do? Well, you know that saying I always say, let fear fuel you? It did. It definitely fueled me because I stayed up all night teaching myself techniques, learning how to shoot in direct sunlight and things that I can possibly, I don't know, uh, anything that anything I just wanted to observe anything that I could in order to make sure that I was you know ultimately making the client happy so I stayed up all night all night long I didn't get a wink of sleep and when I looked at the sun rising and hair and makeup and models arrived I was exhausted but I had I had no choice but to move forward and what did I do? Well, we went down to the beach and had a look at the locations and did a bit of a recce of the of the of the space. And I thought to myself, there is. N- I tried taking a couple, you know, test shots. The videographer was doing his thing, and I thought to myself, no, this. I I can't even see what I'm doing. I don't even know if I'm going to deliver this. I've traveled halfway across the country. Uh, no, acro- I went ac- across the entire country to be here for this shoot, and I know what's what is weighing on this. And, uh, I just, I don't know, something came over me and I thought to myself, do you know what? We can't start here because, and you know, thank God I was good at geography because I thought we are on the 
east coast of the country and the sun rises over here and there's no freaking way that we are going to be able to shoot anything that you want until after midday, until that sun is at least over over top of us and on the other side. Let's go for a golden hour shoot. You know, I was literally pulling this out of my ass. We should really go for a golden hour opportunity here. Let's do more of a later atmosphere here. Get those long shadows. It'll be beautiful. Honestly, like I, I, I laugh thinking about it because it was bullshit, but it worked out well. And what I learned in reflection from this, like, and I'll be honest, that work that I created for that client is the best work I have ever created in in all of my career because it um, because I I listened to my gut I listened to my intuition and what I learned in that is that people respect your professional opinion and unwavering competence so. I put my foot down and said, nope, we're not doing this. We're going elsewhere. We managed to create a lot more content out of, out of the shoot. We managed to have a lot more locations out of the shoot. And, you know, it might've come across that I was confident and that I knew what I was talking about, but really I, I was, I was winging it. And I think a lot of the times we are winging it, but you know, um, I don't know. I, I just think that with anything that we do, you know, following your, following your intuition and, and just being honest. I mean, had I just not, not done that and tried to shoot the whole morning there, we never would have accomplished or achieved what we wanted to, what we set out to achieve. And, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that imposter syndrome, even though I know it can be crippling and I know it, that it can, um, hinder you and it, it, it can hold you back from ever pursuing that thing that you want to pursue. Try to override that. Don't let that negative narrative in your head, that thing that's telling you that you can't or that you're not able to do something. Like say yes, scare yourself, allow yourself to feel those things and and see what happens because honestly, that is where the magic happens, right? Go and try something new, scare yourself, take yourself, take a step outside of your comfort zone and, and see what happens. Because for me, it has never, ever, ever led me astray. It has never, um, backfired or been something like that I've ever regretted because in the moment you have to show up and you know, in your gut, you'll never let yourself fail. So you know, back to the question, do I suffer from imposter syndrome? Yes. How do I overcome it? Take risks, do things that scare yourself. And, um, and yeah, I just, I think once you also have successes, many successes, they can be small, they can be big, however you want to look at them, you'll start to realize that you can trust yourself and that you are bigger and better than the fear that is currently holding you back or limiting you. My next question is, when you moved to the UK, did you have a plan? And has that plan gone to plan? Um, honestly, my plan was to be happy. And and I, and I know that that sounds like a very privileged thing to say, but I did two years with my, you know, um, with my now husband long distance, um, from Canada to the UK. And when I moved over here, um, he was very conscious of the fact that he, he, you know, he wanted me to stay, but he, he wanted the transition to be very 
easy for me. So he said, look it, take as long as you want to find yourself and to make sure that you're happy. Because I you have to remember, I moved over to the UK with zero family, zero friends, starting completely from scratch. Talk about a humbling experience. Yes. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world because you know, you learn a lot about yourself when, when you have literally nothing. Um, and so, you know, my, my plan was to be happy and hopefully, hopefully find a job in, in the background that I had studied in uni, which was PR. Um, and I did, I I thought I'm going to give myself six months, six months to find myself. And I think I did two weeks of making endless amounts of banana bread. And I thought this ain't for me. I need to do something. I need to find something that makes me happy. And it was a struggle. I won't lie. I, I moved here thinking very naively that I would find a job quite quickly in my field. And someone said to me when I first moved here, um, don't expect to make any more than 16,000 pounds a year because you just won't um, where, where we're living. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm sorry, no way, no way. I, I see more for myself. I, 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 I want to do, I want to make a difference and I want to do something that makes me happy and come hell or high water, I'm going to find somewhere in Herefordshire that allows me to do that. And I won't lie. I, um, I, it, it was a real struggle. It was a real struggle. I mean, the biggest amount of feedback that I was receiving from every single place as I put like, you know, two feet in a heartbeat, I hit the pavement because I wasn't driving at the time over here. And I, I marched into every single place trying to get a job. And the, the feedback was always, what UK experience do you have? And I'm like, um, zero. I've been here not even a month. And I'm clearly not from this part of the world. Um, and that was, that was pretty disheartening, you know? Um, so I just, you know, I, I, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to have to go to a temp office. And I marched down to the local office and I got a job and it was soul destroying, soul destroying. I knew that the second I walked into this like cubicle office that I knew exactly that I, you know, very quickly that this is not the place for me. So I made it my job to find a job. And that job, um, luckily I, you know, I think it, it really didn't take me six months, but it took, it seemed at the time, like it took me freaking ages, but in reflection, I'm sure if I looked back at the dates, it probably didn't take me that long. But when you're in the middle of it, gosh, you can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but, um, I ended up finding a job in, um, working in, in PR, in a, in a PR firm in Worcester. And, um, uh, I, I also, as soon as I got that, I thought, oh shit, now I gotta learn how to drive on the other side of the road. So there was a lot of things like that, like, you know, when they say, you know, dive, you, you had to, I had to dive in. It was like the only way to learn was to, to jump in with two feet and, and hope for the best really. Um, and like I said, it was a humbling experience. Um, so I guess the, the, the plan was, is that, to be happy and to hope that I could find something that sparked joy. Um, and the path, I mean, I've been here now 10 years. I think the plan was probably work in a PR firm, be there, make, you know, be happy, make good money and whatever. But that didn't last for me. And I, I, I've, I think, and, and it didn't work for me. Um, I've come to realize that before I embarked in my own journey as a photographer and kind of being an entrepreneur, I, um, I didn't 
do well working for other people. Um, I only really would seem to last about two years at a, at a place because it was like, I wanted to give my all, put my energy into it. And then I felt like I couldn't grow in that position anymore. I would move on. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, that's what I tell myself anyways. And if you were to ask me what the plan is from now going forward, I have no idea. Um, I have no idea what that plan is. I just know that I now know what ignites my soul and what makes me happy. And I think that if I just continue to lean into my passions, all will be well because it hasn't failed me yet. Okay, next question. I love that you are committed to personal growth. What is something new you have learned or realized? Okay, so it's been a journey and I love that I still have my whole life to experience new and exciting things, the good, the bad, the ugly, because I truly believe that all of those things prepare us for where we are today. Each one of those things makes us wiser, kinder, more empathetic, well-rounded human beings. And honestly, with each lap around the sun that I take, I realize that I have less time for drama, flippant conversations and gossip. And I actively have been making changes in my life to reflect my inner set of beliefs. I know this is getting deep, but I'm just speaking quite, quite honestly from my heart. Life is short. Yes. And I've heard that saying so many times, but I actually think it's the longest thing that we'll ever experience. So spending your time and energy with people who you genuinely love and who I genuinely love is at the forefront of everything that I do. I've also learned that when you're committed to personal growth, and this, is, can, this can be a painful one, you're going to outgrow certain relationships which once gave you joy. I found that it can be a painful realization, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the end of the road. I love the saying, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. But I think something that we must remember is that we could be the reason, the season, or the lifetime friend in someone else's story of life. The singing works both ways, and I am always trying to remember that when friendships flourish or fade. Another thing that I guess I've learned in this whole path of growth is that I keep th saying over and over again, you know, I want to be the change I wish to see in the world. And I know it's a very cliche thing, but when you're intentionally being the change that you wish to see in the world, it isn't an easy path and it is not for the faint of heart, but being brave enough to actively be the change in the world, that what the world needs is something that it needs now more than ever. And you need to honor your heart. I've been finding that, you know, a lot lately that not everyone is ready to grow at the same time or pace as you are. Not everyone has done the work, you know, dug deep or is at the same place that you are. And that's okay. Friendships will flourish and fade. That's life. But sometimes you have to be willing to lose it all in order to honor your heart. And I found that it can be a really painful process, but it is essential for growth. Okay, next question. What was your first job? I have to admit, this was one of my favorite questions to answer because 
it made me really, really reflect. And I did writing, I did some writing on this because, you know, when I thought back to my first job and like, you know, what did I, what did I learn from that? It wasn't just a job. And I'm realizing that now into my, you know, mid thirties that this, this first job that I had was so big in the character building of who I am and all that I am today and what I stand for. So my first job was, believe it or not, picking weeds each summer at a local tree farm. And I think I was about 14 or 15 when I, when I had this job. Um, and like I said, I, I have been doing a lot of writing lately and it's only in reflection that I realized just how significant this job was in shaping the woman that I am today. And here's what I learned. It truly made me value and appreciate hard work. And I mean hard work. It was a labor-intensive job, and I spent a lot of time sat on my knees in the heat of the summer picking weeds from each row. And I honestly swear to God, some rows were a mile long. And I would take great care not to harm the new seedlings. And this was a very tedious task, which... Uh, which was essential and completely necessary to the tree's growth. And I realize now just how much we as humans have in common with Mother Nature. In order for us to blossom, we too need to weed out anything that is not nourishing our soul or is robbing us of energy and light. This job also made me love and appreciate being completely alone. The days were long and hot, and most of the hours were spent in complete solitude. This was before smartphones and, you know, iPods and iPads and all that stuff. I just want to point that out. Um, And I realize I'm completely dating myself here. Um, But this job gifted me so much, but the biggest one was time. Time to be in my own head, and what a beautiful place that is to explore, It was a daily date with my intuition, which I love. And this job is where I fell in love with boredom. And you are probably wondering why. And the answer to that is because boredom births creativity. And creativity is where magic happens. I could go on and on about how many valuable life lessons um, Paul Richardson was his name actually, who taught, who, who worked at, who owned Pine Needle Tree Farms in, in the rural town that I grew up in. Cause he taught me endless, endless life lessons. Um, and I, but I don't think that there is genuinely enough time for me to express my level of gratitude that I have for him. Um, and my time there. Um, so yeah, picking, picking weeds. That's what I did. Okay, next question. (laughs) You always seem so happy. How do you keep a positive mindset? Truth is, guys, I'm not always happy. And nobody is. A positive mindset and happiness takes constant work. You know, and just like a muscle when you're at the gym pumping iron... (laughs) That takes work and constant, you know, consistency in order for growth or in order to see change. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to your mental health, okay? And I have my youth to thank for this. 
Because for me, like I said earlier, writing has always been my happy place and my place where I would escape. And that has been where I have, you know, nourished a positive mindset. I began keeping a journal when I was a little girl and I think, and I'm quite grateful to say that I learned at a very young age how it benefited my mood, perspective, and overall mental health. It didn't seem to matter how long or short each entry was. I just knew that every time I did it, it made me feel happy. My journal is where I can honestly say I became best friends with my own intuition and where I learned that I could instinctively and implicitly trust myself. And I learned that very, very, very young because my teenage years were pretty painful. Kids can be brutal, honestly. So writing quickly became my evening ritual. I'm grateful to say, you know, that I have always had a very amazing, supportive family unit and system at home. My parents are my world, as you know. But putting pen to paper seemed to be the best way I was able to navigate my way through life. Me time, or tea time, I call it now, was my favorite time of the day. It was, and always has been, an uninterrupted time to dig deep. A place where I could be completely honest with myself and have difficult and uncomfortable conversations without judgment or outside influence. To work through my emotions after each journal entry, I would immediately read it back so that I could hold space to feel every emotion as it would come up. Talk about a humbling experience. I found this incredibly therapeutic and I still do to this very day. And if that wasn't painful enough, I would then flip back (laughs) to any previous journal entry that I felt I was still holding onto, reread it, and work my my way through all of those emotions. And I know, guys, that this sounds completely sadistic, but I know from experience that the sooner we face pain and suffering head on, the sooner we are going to free ourselves to live the life that we deserve. So take time for yourself and do whatever it is that sparks joy in order to make sure that you're nourishing you know, number one, you, who's most important. Um, For me, it's writing. For you, it might be going for a run or a walk or immersing yourself in nature or being amongst the trees or, you know, putting your feet in the water, going to the beach, whatever it is. It's so important, regardless of where you're at in life, that you take the time to, to really get to know who you are and have those open and honest conversations with yourself because, um, yeah, at the end of the day, you are all that you have. All right, guys, next question. Do you ever doubt your own abilities or think you're not good enough? Of course I do all the time. And that is completely normal, especially I think when you're a creative, I find that being a creative is such a vulnerable thing. I touched on this earlier and The reason why that is, is because you're always wearing your heart on your sleeve and you're constantly creating things with the hope that someone will like it, relate to it, or, you know, ultimately buy into it. And putting yourself out there isn't easy, but 
honestly, if I could bottle up that feeling I get every time I've created something that I'm so freaking proud of, I would because it's the best feeling ever, the best feeling ever. But I hope you guys know that almost everything that you need to be fully who you are is already inside of you, waiting for the things that nurture you, the things that bring you to life. Okay? Should I repeat that? Almost everything you need to be fully who you are is already inside of you waiting for you, waiting for the things that nurture you, the things that bring you to life. Whether you're meant to break the mold or fill it with something different altogether, I believe that to flourish is to find your own way in a world that will be left all the better for it. When we trust our inner spark, we make room for others to do the same. Recently, I read a passage from Brianna Weiss, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite authors. Um, I I think I have all of her books. Um, And her recent one is called, um, I think it's titled, This is How You Heal When You're Ready, or When You're Ready, This is How You Heal. And um, I just love this because I think it really um, is quite relatable to this question. And she writes, If you watch those beside you for long enough, what you will notice is that those who are steadfast in their life of their deepest longing aren't necessarily the most gifted, the most outrageously talented, or the most perfect at their craft. What they are is just a few steps ahead of you because they showed up consistently during the time you spent wondering if you should. All you need is the willingness to create something that is authentic and true and moving to you, something that lifts you out of your human experience and into another, something that makes you sense of the past, clears your perception of the future, makes you experience the same emotions you did when you first fell in love or learnt to let go or felt completely at awe or inspired or at peace. That is what you should arrive into the hands of your fellow human beings. Take that with you. All right, I'm going to wrap things up here and make this my last question. And if this is a popular episode, I will happily do more of them, but um, I don't want it to drag on too long. So, and this one's deep, but it says... How do you shift paradigms that don't serve you and live into your wish fulfilled? I had to think about this one. I also had to Google paradigms. (laughs) So I'll read that again. How do you shift paradigms that don't serve you and live into your wish fulfilled? Quite simply, I love and respect myself too much not to live my life any other way. People respect people with boundaries. I've experienced firsthand how the people you surround yourself with will reflect who you are and will determine how you feel. The further and further I sink into the unapologetic women of realness that I am today, the more I crave like-minded, genuine, and authentic connections. You know how the saying goes, you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with, which is why it is so important you choose who you share your energy with wisely. Your people should fill your sails with wind, not the other way around. 
Energy, good and bad, doesn't lie. Surround yourself with those who genuinely want what's best for you, who encourage you to chase your dreams, and who feel like sunshine. Lastly, whatever it is that you're waiting for tomorrow to start, do your future self a favor and start today. I promise you won't regret it. Flourish with Trish is an original podcast hosted by me, Trish. It's produced by my father, Richard Johnson, from his home studio in Ontario, Canada. The music was also composed and produced by my incredibly talented dad, who, like my mom, has always encouraged me to follow my dreams. Thanks, mom and dad. 